Salutations and welcome to the 11th episode of the In the House podcast. We need to clap, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel like I'm welcome. Uh, I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I'm really excited to be here this evening. We've got a a great show for you tonight. We're going to lament the loss to Indy 11. We're going to preview the win against Nashville SC. Yep. We're going to uh, make fun of Andy over numerous topics. It's well, going to yeah. be great. Yep. But before we can start making fun of him, we have to welcome him. So Thank you. I'd like to welcome, as always, <laughs> coming to you live this time from a coin collecting convention in Dubuque, Iowa, mm-hmm. Andy Frederick. Mm-hmm. Co-host, welcome. Hey, thanks. You know who loves... Collecting coins? I do not. Not me. Not you. I don't know why I tried this. This seems like a mistake. It was a, a just like on a on a whim, and I went up there, <laughs> and I didn't really have anything to collect. I just basically emptied out my change jar, right, and taped it to cardboard, and I got I've been laughed at. Yeah, I imagine that people weren't impressed. Although it would have been hilarious if you had gotten out just like a dime from '98, and they'd been like, "Oh my, oh gosh. my god!" No, they didn't do that. This so. dime. You could have been a millionaire. But I understand how that could happen. People go to Dubuque, Iowa for random entertainment all the time. Coin collectors are jerks. I just want to put that out there. Well, I'm glad that Andy is back. Uh, I felt terrible. I I want to apologize to my co-host right now because last week on the podcast, Mm -hmm. I made the offer for anybody who wanted to who knew where Andy and Stephanie lived to mm-hmm. come to the Cinco de Birth Derby party. It's true. If I had only known that our listenership had grown, I apologize <laughs> for the 900 people got, parked outside your home. It got, we, police were called, um, we have a lot of damage to our home. I want to say thank you to our listeners for all the help they did cleaning up. It was uh, very nice. There was a lot of vomit. So uh, much. And bizarre amounts of toilet paper, I thought. Yeah, I... I think it's people, nice brought, people brought their own. I think yeah. people brought their own toilet paper. I couldn't believe it. Which I can appreciate. It's courtesy. Being prepared. Yeah. But that's so much. It was a lot. Okay. That's okay. So you, you accept my apology? I, I, I mostly accept your apology. All right. So next weekend, if you happen to be in the area, <laughs> there's no party, but Andy would be happy to see you again. I don't know if happy is the word I would use. Call ahead. Okay. Call ahead. I generally don't. No, you don't. Okay, but Andy and I are back. We have a great show planned for this afternoon, and by planned, I mean we discussed it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And uh, the the key, the linchpin to this good show is our guest tonight. We are uh, pleased, nay, privileged. Yeah, honored, really. Yeah, to have from Louisville City FC, from the front office, media guru... And according to a blog post that I read somewhere, the Scarlet Witch of Louisville City Football the Club. Scarlet? Really? Scott Parker is here. Thank you, Scott, for coming on the show. Yeah. Give myself a round of applause. Absolutely. yourself, Scott. Absolutely. Come on. Did you not know about the Scarlet Witch thing? No. It shows how oh, much attention great. you pay to the rest of the Scouts' House world. My life is a strange, strange week-to-week journey. So. I understand. I, uh, I posted a blog last week, two weeks ago. In preparation for Avengers, about uh, who in, on the team correlates with what superheroes. I did. I saw that. Um, immediately ignored it. I'm like 50-50 <laughs> on literacy. So I like, that's true. I catch parts, and it's... 
you know. I did see that, though. Okay. Well, I, I equated Scott to uh, to the Scarlet Witch because he's able to take nothing and turn uh-huh. it into useful information for the public at large. Which is a bold claim. <laughs> yeah. But one that no, I appreciate, really, nonetheless. Is, is that what you really consider the main portion of your job? or Consider the main portion of my job dealing with people who don't know much about what we do. Understood. Yeah. Understood. And convincing people for the thousandth time in... A thousand isn't even close to the real number. We are not Louisville FC. No. I promise no. we are not Louisville FC. No, we're but not. There's a city in there. There's a city. There is it's, a city in it's there. It's counterintuitive, perhaps, but uh, there it is, none the same. Nonetheless, all the same. So none if you same. ever really want to like watch me physically dig my own grave and then bury myself, continue to address us as Louisville FC. That's how to refer to the team? What? That is how to refer to the team. Okay. Who said that? Oh, everyone. a lot of annoying people. All the media time. members. Yeah, I will fight them. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that about you. I, I would like start, that. I'm going to start coming to press conferences and just being the guy that stands behind you. You could be the arms muscle. crossed, and just when somebody starts, I like start kind of <laughs> lean for them. Yeah, no, no. So it's waiting wait to the point. You know, I always got to be like you. Now it's your turn. The you second know? that somebody says Louisville FC, I will walk into the crowd of of of, of media people and I'll just scrum very crowd. close to them and say what what is your problem <laughs> <laughs> who are you what are you doing why are you even here a question that I ask myself I'm saying, frequently. I can do that I'm just offering if that's what you want to do I like this let me well, know. Like that, Scott though. Scott's got certain well-acquired professional media skills that go into these sorts of things yeah Whereas, I feel like perhaps Coach O'Connor would really like to have the muscle because occasionally you'll see somebody ask Coach O'Connor a question and he just go he gives them the death stare. Yeah. And I think he'd appreciate having somebody to do it for him. Just to ask him, don't, don't, don't ask stupid questions yeah. to him like that. Don't do that. Don't bug, don't bug. What is your, what is, what is, what's happening in your head? Coach O'Connor equals soccer. You didn't have a question about soccer? Okay, then move okay. along. Then you can leave. All of this sounds like it would benefit me and my yeah. job, so please. We're here to help, please. really. Yeah, we I mean, quickly like gain reputation. Is, <laughs> yes, very true. It's an embarrassing truth about this podcast that the real goal is to promote Lou City across the region. Yeah. Across the world, really. really? And, uh, I mean, we're not really getting to anybody, but, you know. You people. Those people. Those people, unfortunately for you, in, in your ah, that's nice. So, in in it's unfortunate that uh, those few people all definitely already have season tickets. So we're not really expanding our outreach. But here. buy them anyway. So absolutely, buy some for your friends. Yeah. They have great gifts. Mother's Day is coming and up. And Mother's Day is coming up. We still have thirteen home games as well. So please, I'll, I'll please be at all of by all means. Plenty of time. I'll be it in all of them. Yeah, I mean, that two seasons yeah, being your job. We do do that. You know what I mean? All right. But before we can move forward, we have to start the show the way we start all shows, and that is by inviting our guest to flip a coin. Scott, would you please do us the honors? Well, we're at at 50-50. We're okay just landing straight here. Right on here. That's that's 300-year-old oak that you just damaged. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine mahogany. (laughs) Heads. That's a head. That's heads, and uh, that puts it at six to five yeah. heads to tails because that's really the only statistic people tune in for. They want to know <laughs> what's going on with the coin, man. People get mad if we got into the first eight minutes or so of this podcast and we haven't flipped the coin. They're like, oh, "What are they doing?" Yeah, and I think we may have gone too long this time. Yeah, and I think really people are now wondering the coin that you tossed was it 
valuable at your convention today. No. No? No, it turns out. Not, I'm not, not even sure it was real. <laughs> Somebody just gave that to me. I think it might be a Chuck E. Cheese token. Uh, we should probably check. I wondered why there was a mouse on it. I'm just saying. Mm. All right. Heads, though, means that we go, we start with a game preview. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, frankly, I, I think that's a good thing. I'd like, I need yes. a palate cleanser before we dive yeah. into Indy. And so talking about Nashville SC, not FC. Much the way you get frustrated when people forget City, I have a hunch that whoever's running media for Nashville gets really upset when people call them Nashville FC. Uh, Nashville SC, which I assume stands for... Sumerian Club? Yes, the, the Nashville Actually, Sumerian Club. I don't know club. if it's club. I think it's, uh, it's something more exotic. <laughs> Clubato. Sumerian <laughs> Consortium. Yes. <laughs> yes. But Nashville, uh, we, obviously this was the first game we played of the year, was hosting them at Slugger, and uh, that game turned out very well. A 2-0 win for our boys mm-hmm. in that game. And it was a sloppy first half. I think everybody was still feeling each other yeah. out. It, the weather was still not great. It was... Uh, uh, that was the first day of the turf, so the turf was not in ideal condition at that wow. point. And uh, it was a sloppy first half. I really thought we settled in in the second half. <clears throat> it looked like the guys had a pretty good idea what they wanted to do. And uh, that game, the, what re- what I remember most vividly from that game is that in the second half, it felt to me like Paolo exerted himself in that game really well. He yeah. really ran the midfield uh, Speedy didn't play in that game or came in as a sub. I can't remember. I know Kyle started as his uh, as his uh, center, or, uh, mi- I mean, as his midfield partner in I that think game. He subbed in. Was it? He subbed in. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, but Paolo, I remember specifically from that game, thinking that uh, he was directing traffic really well in the second half. That he uh, really changed the tenor of the game, really more with his. Some aggression in the first half. It felt like when you've got center mids who play the way Coach O'Connor has them play, they can really dictate the tempo of a game, forward or backward, whether they're playing more offensively or defensively. And uh, it felt like he's turned to the switch in the second half. Yeah, I was pleased with how he played in that game. I'm hopeful that we'll see that again in this one. Scott, did you see anything similar to that, or am I a complete moron? No, I agree. I think that the the interesting way that James sets up, especially the two center mids, is they are holding mids by default, but neither one of them really necessarily act in a true, constant, consistent defensive manner. Yeah. Um, I think that Paul and Speedy do a great job working with each other, and I think, like you said, we kind of saw that towards the... The second half, especially when legs get heavy and you can mm-hmm. tell Nashville was kind of yeah. starting to bow out a little bit. And then the, Maybe the hadn't finisher. had the same kind of IMG training that our boys had had. Maybe I heard we went down to world-renowned IMG Academy for yeah. preseason. And so. I heard that the workouts were uh, were intense. As Grueling is a word. Like camping. Much like camping. Like camping. Intense. Oh, for goodness sakes. Got him. I did not see the first fun of the year coming. Goodness. Okay. You're welcome. I got to regroup after that. <laughs> but uh, Andy, did you see anything from that? Do you remember anything specifically from that game that you uh, were impressed by, were uh, depressed by? I think when I like watching that game, everybody was kind of like, okay, what are we going to look like? What are we for real going to look like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it was hard to get a beat for me. Again, you know, for me. It was hard to get a bead on like anything that stuck out specifically, just because I was trying to be kind of a, a sponge. Like, okay, what do we look like what, as a whole? What like, are we, what are we after this year? Yeah, I get that. Uh, I thought two 0 victory, great. 
I think it was Niall and Luke put the goals home. Uh, that was while Niall was coming off the back of, you know, just a terrifying tear through the back end of preseason. And it was unfortunate he took some uh, took some bad knocks post that because he was, he was in great form. Uh, I'm hopeful that we see some health improvements for this week. Uh, I am intentionally not looking at Scott right now because uh, I have a hunch that there is not a lot of information forthcoming from uh, the club and or its spokesman. Yeah, but he looks like he wants to tell us. <laughs> that's the important thing. That's, that's It looks like there is information, and I'm going to choose to not yeah. try to interpret whether that information is good or bad. Hi, James. Just wanted to let you know, none of this is voluntary. So. <laughs> we actually have him trapped in here right now. He is duct taped. Yeah. Let's not. The handcuffs are loose, though, so it's yeah. It's, he it's might good. he it's might good. find a way to get out of here in the next yeah. forty five minutes. Uh, so no, I'm hopeful that we'll see some health uh, improve for this game. I know that the bench has just been decimated, and that's 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 tough. And the thing that has stood out to me, and we'll get into this a little more with the with the review, mm-hmm. is gosh, it would be nice to have another uh, another fullback ready to get out there on the field. Yeah. It would be. Uh, whether it's Pat McMahon, whether you know the entire Sean Tosh, Paco Craig, Alexi Swayi backline can maybe mm-hmm. try to play a game or two together, whatever the whatever the the pattern is, it'd be nice to see that fullback three being able to play all fully healthy. Yeah, I know it's never a good sign when Paco has to go in for an MRI and then play the same week. Oh. I don't care what the MRI showed. If you had to go and get an MRI, yeah, you probably sign. didn't want to play that week. No. And so it's tough. Uh, Injury-wise, to put our best foot forward, I'm hopeful that we'll see our best, at least a a better foot forward in the upcoming game. Right. Uh, If we talk a little bit about Nashville, uh, first, let's ask Scott, what's your impression of Nashville post their first game? It was their first game in existence. Right. So it's tough to gauge them based off that first performance against us. Yeah, I think Nashville's a really impressive squad. I think they have a number of players who could be playing at a a higher level, just like our guys, you know, Mm -hmm. so... I think Nashville brings a lot to the table. I think their attack is dynamic. I think they're probably more solid defensively than they showed in that first game. But um, you know, I think that they are they are very aware of what we bring to the table now. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think we necessarily showed all our cards by yeah. any means, but yeah. especially us being hampered as we are in terms of selection and availability, I think Nashville knows what uh, what we're going to come with, and I think they're going to do their best to counter everything. So yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I, uh, my, my takeaway from watching, I watched them play against Penn. I watched their Penn FC game, which was a nil-nil draw, and I watched a one nothing win over Bethlehem uh, for them. They're, they're bottom middle of the table. I think they're just outside the playoffs right now, somewhere in the 10-11 range. Hmm. Um, they've gotten a couple of points here and there, haven't been able to string any good results together for themselves yet, but a lot of draws. And How many? I, like, what's their? What's what, what are they? I believe, and I'm not going to look it up. So you know, go I ahead usually do a much better job of actually getting on USL and looking this stuff up, and I didn't do that this time. I'm so. going to go with that. They've got two wins. That they have got uh, three losses and two draws. Two draws. Yeah. Are they coming that's off a draw? Off, right. That's what's yeah. in my head. It sounds about right. They're coming off a draw. They're coming off the. Yeah, okay. uh, they're coming off the nil-nil draw, and before that, a one-one draw with New York. And so, and then before that, they lost two to one to Cincinnati uh, to Indy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, 
that game that I watched against Bethlehem where they won, they got their goal off of a penalty kick in like the sixth minute. A red card got the guy got sent off. And they weren't able to put it. They weren't able to put another one home that game. Uh, up a man, which uh, I, I've been really impressed with their striker Cox. I like him. He's athletic. He's mm-hmm. big. He's a good target, and I think that there's a lot he can do with the ball. Uh, the the buildup has been where I feel like they they lose a lot, um, right. which is where hopefully Paolo and Speedy <clears throat> and even the wings, if we can get Oscar and Kyle involved and George, uh, can really impact this game going forward. Uh, they've had a hard time getting the ball to Cox in dangerous locations. I think it's resulted in through seven games, five goals. That's not. It's not the number. Frankly, they deserve better than that. They, I've, they've missed on a lot of on a lot of chances, but a lot of their chances seem to come from set pieces, about thirty yards out, which uh, to me says that you're losing possession and scrambling yeah. for it. But uh, they've not a lot in the run of play that they're having a lot of great chances. Weird. It's it is weird. That's weird, man. I'll be interested to see if they adjust their overall game plan at all for us this week. A, having seen us already. Yeah. And B, we'll, we're about to transition straight into it after we do predictions. But uh, after watching the indie game, I wonder if uh, some of what Martin Rennie's squad did is something that will resonate with them. And what? that's something oh, diving. On. So okay. that's... Oh, oh, the team is bitter. I mean, the fanhood is bitterer. Yeah. But, uh, you know... What uh, keeper? Who's your keeper? This is your man. This is the man. Oh. You got to get your... You got to get ready for Matt Easy Pickens. <laughs> Easy Pickens. Legend, by it, the way. He Matt. is. He's... Uh, he's a true legend. And he's a great friend to Scouse's house. He always has been. He's, he's he, such a good sport, man. He's, he's not Trevor Spangenberger, who I who was maybe the friendliest keeper in the history of friendly keepers. But uh, Pickens always has a good time with us. He jokes around in pregame. He uh, he gives us a nice clap after yeah. the at, at halftime. He's always been friendly and uh, takes our. Mockery and yeah. uh, barbs with the appropriate which immediately yeah. immediately garners more respect out of me. Absolutely, for them. like if you understand why we're doing what we're doing instead of just complaining like some people. Well, would, instead of like you know, what I mean, like if you turn around and give us a clap, it's like you know what, good on you. And it makes me as a uh, semi-professional heckler want to be funny, not mean. Yeah, like absolutely. So he's actually doing himself a favor because I am not trying to wound Matt. Oh no, yeah, I am trying to. I, the place where he hurts himself is that we know he hears us. Yeah, some of the guys like uh, um, uh, shoot. It's going to come to me in a minute. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's going to come <laughs> to me in a minute. But there is a particular keeper who will not acknowledge that we have ever spoken, that he hears a word we say, that we even exist, never turns around, never nothing. Evan Loro did a pretty good job of ignoring you guys. Evan Loro was good, but he also, like, was a grinder. Like, you could see him sort of... He wouldn't turn around, he didn't ignore... Gomez doesn't really... You feel it, yeah, you feel it. Gomez just during the... During play, though, like, Gomez, like... He's never really... No, Gomez... You can tell that we hurt his feelings, which I'm happy about. Right, right. 
Uh, this is, it's going to come to me and I got to just let it, I got to not think about it because it's, it's in the meantime, I can see him. I do have to mention the fact that probably close to the number one thing I'm looking forward to this weekend is just seeing and hearing the name Lebo Maloto. Oh, it's a great name. Wow. It's a great name. Wow. Maloto. Lebo Maloto. I don't even want to make fun of it. No. His name is Lebo. They've got some great names on that team. Lebo Maloto. You sound like a Star Wars bounty hunter. Yes. (laughs) That is what he sounds like. He absolutely absolutely (laughs) is the guy who initially chased Lando Calrissian. Yeah. To try Lebo. to get to the uh, Millennium Falcon before Han won it. Yeah. Absolutely. Lebo. <sighs> they also have Kosuke Nomura, or Kamura, who is uh, a, a solid defensive player. And another vet. Uh, another yeah, really he's, been, he's been through some wars. Yeah. And it's also the name that sounds like you know he's probably been in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Kamura? Kosuke Kamura. He sounds like an anime character. Yeah, I'm, he, excellent name. And then a guy who, um, I'm sorry that I don't, I've never heard his name specifically pronounced. Oh, I can't wait for this. But his name is Bradley Bourgeois. <laughs> now, it could be Borges. <laughs> But if it's pronounced the way it should be... Is it spelled bourgeois? It's spelled bourgeois. It oh, it's bourgeois. It I don't care how you pronounce it. I've already, <laughs> that's, no, no, no. That's the classic Versailles-Versailles argument. Right. I don't written. care if you spell it that way, it's bourgeois. It is yeah. quite... It is written. Yeah. Bradley bourgeois. Bradley bourgeois. So they've got well, I am going to make fun of that guy. And they've got a lot of individual Bezer. talent that I think... <laughs> <laughs> They've got a lot of individual talent that I think by the end of the year is going to translate into better results than they're getting now. Yeah. Frankly, that's one of the things, one of the reasons I want to rack up as many points as possible during the early part of this season is we've got a really big advantage right now of having so much continuity with this team. Yeah. Uh, and I have a strong hunch that especially the three biggest regional rivals for us are all teams that are destined to be better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. Yeah. Now, Coach O'Connor preaches, and it's obvious, improvement every day, a culture of improvement. We, we're not focused about yesterday. We're focused about tomorrow. I mean, he's, he's great about keeping the guys focused on the next task and laser-focused. But we'll lose the, the advantage of non-James. Like, we'll always have the advantage of James over whatever coach it is that we're facing. Right. But we'll lose the advantage of that continuity, that familiarity we bring from last year as the year goes on. And those teams have got a lot of talent on them. Those three yeah. in particular have a lot of talent on them that haven't had time to gel yet because they're all, you know, FC Cincinnati and, in, I mean, I'm sorry, Nashville and Indy are both brand new. Yeah. And uh, Cincinnati brought back like three guys, so it's not exactly now it's their core three, but still, yeah, the, those teams are going to get better. I want to try to get some points early in the year. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a really good point. I mean, even looking down the road, we see Indy August five, Nashville August eighteen, mm. and Cincy September fifteen. So we're kind of clustered, just like we're clustered Twice, at the beginning yeah. of the year. We're clustered again towards the uh, towards the end of the road not quite the end of the road but we're moving towards that stage at that point where these teams are developed and we know what they look like and, and that stretch will be really important bringing. to determining what the table is going to look like at the end of the year yes, I mean this one is just as important mathematically mm-hmm. but at that point we'll really have a better handle on what they are all three and what games, we are so that's yeah. Huge uh, after, benefit, after three road games, yep. I, I appreciate How many that. points ahead right now are we? We are one point technically behind FC Cincinnati. We have a, we have a game, game in hand. Yeah, so uh, as long as we do not lose, then, uh, then we are on level terms I'm moving go forward. Them. 
You fight whoever you want. Little known fact about soccer players, they can't punch for anything. Oof. That is a bold statement. And I invite you to... It's to, a true statement. I invite you to Google the term soccer fight. If and you can uh, get, go back no, and, no, no. Because <laughs> they're fighting each games. other. Because they're That's fighting true. each other. That oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. That's fair. Uh, the last player I want to mention from Nashville is the giant himself, Taylor Hume. Ugh. Tucker Hume? Taylor Hume? Tucker. It's Tucker Hume. 6'5 is what he's listed at. And uh, I'm telling you right now that my partner Andy is 6'5. Yeah. Tucker Hume is 6'11. That guy is enormous. No, I can take him. He, he's, he's, he's also just such a broad <laughs> guy. There, yeah. He's just such a broad he guy. Is, he's a he's tank. A and you just don't expect to see somebody that big not playing center back. But there he is up there as a striker. Yeah. Now, as a reserve, but still. Still there. Uh, uh, that's the last player I want to mention. Predictions. Um, we'll go to Scott last in case he's not allowed to make one. And then uh, we'll say... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, weird where you, it's weird doing a podcast with somebody who has information they can't yeah. share. That's probably been my favorite thing of the podcast so far is all the things that Scott is making faces like... Oh, I can't talk about that. Not really. that. <laughs> uh, for the record, I can talk about everything, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> he's, 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 he has free reign. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I think that the, the guys get it back together this week. I think that Nashville plays good defense but not great defense. I think we see an identical... 2 nothing score line that we saw in the first game. That's what I was going to say. I think we see 2 nothing. And where, would, where are the goals coming from then? I think Luke. Okay. That's almost always a safe bet. Yeah. Well, part of that is that I, mean, I think they put him in a little too late. Yeah. When they were for the game that we'll get to. Okay. Um, given Tom, Luke can do some just miraculous, like, what? Yeah. Um, and I think, I always say this because I always think it's true. Yeah. I think we'll get a corner from Oscar to Paco. All right. I, like I was it. hoping that someone would make the prediction that one of our center backs I think back in the net this weekend. I think Oscar is going to put it in just this golden spot, and Paco with his Jedi braid. We're going to see that thing like in the golden sunlight, and a dove will swoop down at the same time, and it'll be like a J.J. Abrams lens flare, and he's just going to put it, he's just going to head her right into it. I, I love that prediction. I disagree with it, but I love hey. it. And I don't disagree, I just, I, I have a You I just don't think that's going to happen. I have a different vision in my okay. mind. But I think, I think the safe prediction is 2-0. Okay. But I think there's going to be... Because coming off of a loss, just in general, there's always that kind of yep. anger, that extra little spite. Yep. You know what I mean? That can either work against you if you let it get to you, but if you let it motivate you, you can be that much more dangerous. I agree with that. So 2 nil or 3 nil. Wow. I would love to see a 3 nil, but I agree with the, the 2 nil, obviously, and uh, I am going to say that we get... Quattro is going to get the goal. I think George Davis gets on the scoreboard again. Yeah. Uh, I think that he didn't particularly love his positioning on the field last week. Uh, not that he didn't want to play there. I think George will play anywhere they put him. But I think that his most utility to the club is maybe not in the slot we had him last week, having to play in that linking, overlapping wing role. Mm-hmm. 
I'd rather see him back in his uh, attacking midfielder slot. I think that uh, we have just enough health to get him there. Mm-hmm. And that uh, George will put one home from the right flank this time. He's going to mm-hmm. make a run. He's going to score. And then uh, I think he's going to score in like the third minute. I mean, early. He's going like, to come out crazy. Shoot. Well, it's exactly what you talked about. I think we come out angry and we bring way too much energy, mm-hmm. but we not luck into something, but something just develops and we take advantage of it yeah. and get the like the third or fifth minute goal. And then I think we we score again in like the seventy fourth, and you'll see it coming in from. <sighs> Feel me out now. Ugh. Okay. This is this is dependent on what lineups we run out there. But I think that Ilya doesn't get the start this week. Ilya comes in late as the striker replacement, and Ilya gets the goal. I really like what I've been seeing from Ilya. Yeah. And I think that he would like to get the chance to play in that nine spot again. Uh-huh. I mean, he's played very well in the linking, uh, in the linking attacking midfield role. But I think that he... Gets a chance to get back out there as the true number nine, and I think he puts one home for us. Probably on a half volley. That's just a guess. Okay. We go super specific with our predictions on this show. I do want to say visualize it, and then that's how it becomes. I do want to say mine was a little bit more glorious. We'll think it into reality. Now, yours. I don't like to brag. I'm just saying. If there is a dove involved in any goals this weekend, I, I will, you know, I'll. Bow to your wisdom in terms of predictions. I will stop making predictions and just take what you say as gospel. Okay. I don't see how I could have any other choice. No, I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. This is how gospel started in the first place. Something miraculous happened after it was predicted, and everybody else went, well, yeah, okay. So this is it. This is your chance. You'll have an acolyte if this uh, if this happens. It sounds, it sounds too culty. Don't call <clears throat> yourself. An apostle? I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. The apostle of Andy. Alright, so 2-0, and uh, my strong hunch from the uh, non-verbal signals I was getting is that Scott would not like to make a prediction. Would you like to make a prediction about how you feel the game will go? Yeah, no, I think... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that we have a very strong chance at showing Nashville what we are fully capable of this weekend. I think that... uh, if you've paid close attention to, to the words of the, the mighty and wise James O'Connor recently, that clinical is one word that he has really been zeroing in on recently. Bang, yeah. So I think that we will be very clinical this weekend mm-hmm. in potentially, hopefully, securing three points. Understood. Okay. That's, that, that was good. That was a good job. Okay. Like that, was that. that was perfect. It's, it's like he's right. paid to do this. It sounds wow. like weird. Professional. <laughs> very weird. Very it was strange. a very professional answer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I have the sad duty to bring us to our game review where we are going to refer to our one to nothing loss. It had to happen. A loss. All right. Eight months. We had gone eight months since we lost a soccer game. That's a long, it's a time. long time, and that is, and it's not just like, yeah, the off season was in there, but you know, we had played a lot of games in between losses, and it was going to happen. Uh, I think there was never any realistic chance for this team to go unbeaten throughout the entire season. Now that is where I will interject. Okay, 
I I will go on record saying that I a strong part of me, not even a small part, firmly believe that we had a large possibility of going unbeaten. Well, and I love that kind of confidence. And I thought that you know if the brakes fell right, we could have perhaps pulled that trick. Yeah. But it's a long season. Thirty-four games is a lot of games, and more than anything, I felt like attrition can get to you. Uh, we're not. Even if we don't talk about depth as being an issue, mm-hmm. that's if we just talk about the size of the squad. Yeah, I mean we we've been playing with you know three four outfield players on the bench. That doesn't offer a lot of opportunities for, frankly, for Coach O'Connor to do what Coach O'Connor does, which is make the right choices, push the right buttons, and make some uh, make some changes. It just it seemed to me like it was likely that at some point we would get caught. Mm-hmm. I think it's likely we'll get caught again two or three more times this year. It stands to reason. Frankly, if we only got caught that many more times this year, we'd still break the record for USL points. This is a very good team. We're going to win or draw the vast majority of our games. But you're going to lose some games. You just are. It's really hard to win every week, especially once the U.S. Open Cup starts and you've got midweek games to contend with, hopefully a lot of midweek games to contend with. Yeah. And uh, I think... But I think the heartbreak of this game was how they got the points. Sure. Like, that was, it wasn't that, you know what I mean? Like, that was, to me, watching it, watching it happen was like, okay, I get it. Like, I get the handle. I get it. It just sucks. Because, he like, yeah. you know, it, he basically just kicked it at his arm. Mm-hmm. And even if it was intentional or not, like, that's where it went, and that's the unfortunate thing. Like, they didn't outplay us. Sure. They got a lucky break on a handball. Yes, I will, I will refer all listeners to uh, the final judgment with Derby City Ultras for his <clears throat> extremely detailed and informative discussion regarding what is and what is not a handball, what we can and what we cannot be upset about in terms of handballs. I'll tell you that as a fan, I was upset because that call could have gone either way and it went yeah. against us. As a fan... I am upset that we didn't get a similar call earlier in the game. Yeah. As a soccer observer, I'll say that shit, that stuff happens. Ah, we did it again! Yeah. <laughs> that stuff happens. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. It's a long season. These are, you know, referees are people. It's tough to make those calls in a split second. You know, maybe his hand was just barely raising. Maybe his hand was going the opposite direction. Maybe it was perfectly still and in a natural position, and he had no time to react. Maybe all those things are true. That is an extremely difficult call to make, and I hate that it went against us, but I understand it, and we'll get a couple of those this year. We didn't get it that day, but we'll get a couple this year where people go, what? I mean, I felt the same way after Carlton's PK against Atlanta, where, frankly, I thought, you know, Sean made a perfectly natural challenge on the ball, and a smart young player noticed that it could have looked a certain way and took a dive. I don't like it, but our guys are going to do the exact same things. Yeah. I won't name oh, yeah. names, but Cameron dives too. I mean, <laughs> and I love him for it because he's gotten us some really nice calls. I remember he scored the game winner in the second game of the year last year, our first away game. Yeah, He scored a game winner on a, uh, on a set piece from about the 20-yard box after a complete, he just fell down. Love him, and it's a smart play. And they teach that in soccer academies the world around because if you can get a call out of these things, you need to try to get a call out of these things. 
it's a part of it, and I've given up trying to be upset when it happens, other than upset that it happened. That's where I am on this. I don't think it was a good call. I think How we're gonna have being upset. I think we're gonna have a lot of not good calls, and um, that's just the way. And it's gonna happen more on the road. It just is. But let's move past the PK because that's just it is what it is. We lost the game on that, but I don't think we lost the game because of that. We had some struggles that yeah. first half. I my brother in law mm-hmm. and my sister. Live in Indianapolis. They came with me to the game on uh, on Saturday. It was great getting to share a game with them. And they had never seen an LCFC game before. And uh, they sat in our section, even though they're indie. Uh, indie I was going to say, are they? Yeah, no, no. He, my James has a number of friends who are big Indy 11 fans. Okay. But uh, he's never been to one of their games either. They sat in our section, and I told him at the end of the first half, that was the worst half of soccer I'd oh, yeah. seen us play in a long time. I mean, in a very long time. The, now, I'm going to give some of that on the turf. I'm a Colts fan. I have family in Indianapolis. I don't think it's unusual for me to admit that I'm a, I'm a Colts fan. There's no football team here. There's no conflict of interest. Right. I'm a Colts fan. I've been to a lot of games there, and that is a beautiful stadium. It is a great place to watch a football game. The ball bounced weird. It bounced high. It bounced a lot. It was hard to keep the ball on the ground. Yeah. You're seeing the field turf sort of rubber sand stuff come up when people are running. That's not natural for a soccer field. It didn't look natural for a soccer field. And I think when I say this, I want to remind you that I just talked about how great Paolo played in the first game. Mm-hmm. It was maybe his weakest game that I've seen him play since he got the captaincy. Maybe not because it may not have even been his fault, but he didn't get to command the midfield the way I'm used to seeing him command it. And that's not having the ball a lot. It's not having great play up to him in the first place. And then it's having, frankly, he's, he got pressed quickly and often in that yeah. game. They were fast. They were. They were faster than I thought they were going to be. Press they were was fast. very impressive. For it was. Lack of a better term. I mean, it was aggressive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I because I'm 100% confident that no. USL head coach listens to this podcast. You don't know that. I'm 100% confident. No, I'll say that I really do. I think that was the key to trying. If I was trying to coach against us, I would say press our midfielders yeah. uh, as much as possible. Don't let Speedy and Paolo have space because if they get to pick where to go yeah. in terms of picking out which wing looks more promising, picking which midfielders making the run, seeing whether or not we can make a long ball up to the striker, and they get to pick up their heads and make those decisions, then they are great. And that is what starts our attack. Besides the fact that our back three, when they're healthy, are phenomenal and feed Paolo and Speedy in great positions. That didn't happen in this game. They got pressed when they did have the ball in this game, and they didn't get to have their heads up looking for options. Yeah. Plus, you take away the fact that I think Kyle Smith is so frequently our emergency outlet. Yeah. He's just our, he's our break open in case of... Yeah, and he had to play. You know, he had to play back. He had to play as a fullback, and that's a not his real position. I don't think, and it's hard to tell Kyle what his natural position is because he's so good at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's his natural position. It doesn't look like it's his natural position. He also looked like a Civil War injured player <laughs> with his wrapping on his head. I thought it was awesome. It <laughs> so was cool. so it was tough. Cool. Like he looked like he had been injured in the Civil yeah. War. Yeah, but. Uh, 
I think that Kyle is an important part, and he was not being able to play as a link in any kind of chains, and so he wasn't he wasn't the normal emergency valve that he frequently is, and so that that makes it tough. I, I think George played fine, just a little out of position for him. Well, I'm going to get a little nerdy, um, and Do I don't mean it as a, as a as a criticism to Indy in sure. directly, but. You know, I think Saturday was a perfect storm for them. They pressed incredibly well. They also they sat yeah. back. Yeah. They did not create much moving forward. Jack yeah. McInerney, good player, great goal scorer, very aggressive, does not look to break lines. No. You know? I so that. he was there to beat up the back three. Mm-hmm. Sunni Saad was there to run around the back yeah. three while Jack played attack. Yeah. And the rest of Indy just kind of sat and just kind of waited for us to come to them. And I'm... It wasn't that they were counterattacking or looking no. to exploit us. It was more just they were perfectly content yeah. letting us try and play our game with their midfield pressing and Jack just being physical as hell. Mm, yeah, he was, and he and he affected that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, zero zero draw, I think, was the appropriate outcome for that game, and not even just because of you know how they got their goal. But because it looked like that was what they were comfortable with. It yeah. looked like the whole game, it looked like they had said, man, we'd yeah. be thrilled to come out of here nil-nil. Yeah. And uh, it, it it panned out for them. Now, it was frustrating for the Scouse's House fans who made the trip uh, right before the penalty. I mean, literally the play that built up into the penalty. We had the ball inside their 18-yard box. The ball got cleared, still level with the 18-yard box. We made a throw-in back, we made a pass back, we made another pass back, and then they intercepted the ball and took it to the corner, they got the PK. It was one of those things where you just felt like maybe there's no clear key to their lock that allowed them to be moving forward, but we'd had such little luck with possession passing in that game that seeing us work backwards was sort of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was always going to do damage, I think, as well. And you could tell our guys were legged a little bit, yeah, especially yeah. towards the end. And, yeah. You know, I think that there were a, a number of bodies out there that, that needed a little refresher and they knew it wasn't coming. So yeah. I think, you know, and credit to the guys and their resilience for sticking everything out and moving through. But, you know, I, I'm with you. I think nil-nil was deserved on both sides. I yeah. think even, even Martin Rennie would tell you nil-nil, probably, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, the, the penalty is what cost us. Uh, I, I would give uh, I would give my man of the match to the short span of play that uh, that Ownby got on there for. I thought that his speed made a really big difference. It opened some things up. It changed the direction of some things. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were able to play that ball to the corner to run the ball down. That is usually done by one of our overlappers that we often see Oscar and Kyle making. But instead, we see uh, Ownby making that run from the midfield, and I mean, at least it was it was a clear tactical change. I thought that it made sense that it was working well there for the last fifteen minutes, and we talked about it on the pod last week that you know, on a field of that size and against a team with this kind of speed, that we were going to feel the missing of Ballard yeah. and some speed. We were going to feel the missing of uh, Sean Francis and some speed. Yeah. We were going to feel the missing of Ownby not being able to play a full ninety yet. And some speed. We don't have our our biggest blazers out there on the field right now. And sometimes on a big field against an amped up team that wants to keep you off the ball, you just need to be able to open them up with a little bit of pace. And we just, I mean, it's not saying that Cameron can't run fast. It's not saying that George Davis and Speedy and the guys aren't fast. I mean, you know, I don't want to race them. But 
<laughs> but they're not our fastest guys. No. And so uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing some more uh, some more health out on the pitch. So yeah, it's, I, I don't I don't want to dwell on it. We can be we can be forgiven for being confused and hurt and uh, uh, really just disappointed with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, for after eight months, we don't know how to process a loss. Yeah, it was weird seeing you cry that much. I, you know, I, was it really weird? It I feel was, like I cry that much a lot. No, not like that. It was like a weird, like whale. And well, that was the misery thing was that we left the game in beautiful weather in Indianapolis, and then drove through a torrential downpour for two hours home yeah. to sit at a derby party in more torrential downpour. Yeah. It was really a metaphor for my day. Oh, I'm sorry. Our party wasn't good enough. Damn. Well, the the drinks helped. Yeah. That that did that did uh, that. You know, help me yeah. process and move past. Yeah. It. The 900 people did not help. Though. No, the man. Crowd. It was so wet. I don't know how you get wet and sweaty at the same time. Like I don't understand. They're all the... bringing the wet inside. <laughs> them. I don't understand. There may have been more people at this derby party than there were in Lucas Oil. Though. Woo! That's so true. Because. All right, my, uh, you can't criticize another team, Scott. I'm sure you can't specifically criticize USL in general. Can you criticize other teams? I think it depends on in what manner. Fun banter, no problem. I, yeah, I mean, we ban- good Lord, we banter on Twitter all the time. That's true. Right? I literally put Nashville's logo on Homer Simpson's face That's backing true. into bushes after they <laughs> lost. <laughs> Yes, banter is very real. I think that that's a, that's a, a different form. I mean, attendance is sort of the ultimate byword here in uh, in the USL. That's, yeah. that's what they push for and want and hope for, and, or at least it's what they promote more than anything else. Almost every headline on the USL's website has the attendance. 100K, 100K, 100K. Right. Or, or, well, they talked about the record-setting weekend this past weekend, but they also, in every, like, you know, Reno faces Sacramento in front of 8,400 or however many people were there. They all, every headline has that in it. They care about the attendance. I think that the announced attendance was something like 10,000 for this game. It was 9,008. 9,008. I'll tell you a couple of important things. I'll tell you a couple of important things. 9,800 or 9,008. Nope, 9,008. 9,008. Very specific. That is very specific. I, I... I'm terrible at those games where people fill up a jar with olives, and if you guess how many are in it, you can have the olives or whatever. Mm. Grapes, mar- whatever. I'm terrible at that game. So I don't want to make it like I am a great estimator of attendance size. If there were 9,000 people in that stadium, then I am Barbara Bush. I am. She's not dead. She's me. I was gonna say God. she's not dead. She's me. It was like two nine thousand and eight people were not in that stadium. How many do you think were there? That stadium had maybe sixty eight hundred. Maybe. Same I think that's there. a friendly estimate. Now, it's a sixty thousand person stadium. Lower bowl seats eighteen. So there's your perspective. And lower bowl seats eighteen. One side of the field had zero people. In fact, they wouldn't let us sit on the other side of the field. What? Yeah. That's, I, you know, I don't know who makes these kinds of decisions. I think it was, may have just been some overzealous security guard. I don't know. We all got there, and they told us the supporter sections are these sections. But if you looked at my ticket, my ticket said general admission on it. Right. It didn't have a section. It didn't have a nothing. It just said general admission on it. 
I walked in as a general admission fan. There were empty seats, and uh, Scouse's house and some of the other uh, supporters decided, hey, those are some really nice seats right down here in the corner. We'll have a nice view of the corner kicks. We'll be able to mock everybody who takes a corner. Yeah. We'll be able to, you know, it, it was a it was a nice perspective. We were excited right. about it. Security guard did not like our spot. He wanted us over in a different section. Why? Behind the goal. Did which you ask is what why? I'm used to. Did you argue with him? You know, no. I'm just, I'm not a man who argues with authority, Andy. If a man with a flashlight tells me to move, I move. <laughs> I'm going to get a flashlight and start Lance McGarvey did. Things. Lance McGarvey was standing down in the tunnel when we were getting moved, and he did make fun of me for leaving. Because we were walking around, and he said, why are you guys moving? And I just sort of shrugged at him, and he just shook his head. I felt I felt like a disappointed Lance, and Not I regret that forever. I, I regret it forever. Yeah. No, I'd say, and listen, we all play this game. We, You, you report how many tickets you have out. Mm-hmm. Right? Always, 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 always. My safe bet for Lucas Oil on Saturday was 4,600. That seems re- that seems like that. Wow. See, I feel like that we were. I think it's between the two numbers that we just gave. Yeah, I think best case scenario. They where, had so where did and I'm being harsh because how many ants, they had technically sold. Technically, we're out in public. Well, Indy mean, Eleven has a strong community block presence of tickets that get um, handed to organizations, which <laughs> definitely benefit from those free tickets. Yeah, but also don't free always tickets. use. Them. And don't always use them. And I am not going to say, I'll just say, that my wife and I, because of my work schedule, we weren't sure if we were going to get to go to the game. Right. And uh, so we hadn't bought our tickets yet before we left because we just never got around to it. We weren't sure I was going to be able to go. We arrived. We parked for $15 right across from the stadium. I was happy to pay that. It was an easy walk. I pay 40 when I park for the Colts games. Yeah. Completely thrilled to park for 15 bucks. When we parked, the parking attendant said, are you guys going to the game? We're dressed in Louisville City gear, parked across the street from a stadium that's about to have a Louisville City soccer game. And so I said, yes, we are, in fact, going to that game. We're not just going to walk around the town in our Lou City gear. Anyway, uh, I said, yes. And he said, do you guys have your tickets yet? I said, no, we're just going to go buy a will call. He said, oh, here you go, and gave us four tickets. Oh, my God. Now... This may have just been a very friendly parking attendant. We may have been the only people that got that offer the entire day. It's completely possible that that is what happened. That super friendly, we had just bought parking, we were the first people who said we didn't have tickets. Most people, if you're going to a USL game, you've probably already bought your tickets. Right. We may have been the first ones you saw all day that didn't have tickets. Maybe. But we were given four tickets to that game. That's a $60 value $60, I might add, that Indy 11 would have made off of us, or Lucas Oil Stadium, who I was prepared to give my money to, yeah. would have made off of us because we were going to buy. Right. They just gave me $60 worth of tickets. Say what you will, A, friendly people in Indianapolis, I've always said. And okay. B, that's not a good business model. No. It's <laughs> not a good business model. <laughs> so you, that's, that's, the, that's wrong. If I had gone in and said, no, we're not going to the game, and he'd been like, here are four tickets, do you want to go? That makes sense to me. They were going to get tickets from me. <laughs> I was already, I was committed. Yeah. So that's a bad business model. But, hey, parking attendant, I appreciate it. Uh, next time you come that's, to Louisville, a buy a party. ticket to our game, and then beers are on me. Yeah. So. 
Well, and, and my stance on this is, listen, I have zero problem with us touting attendance sure. ever because attendance is an important factor in showing the right. real concrete growth of the game. Yeah. I understand why USL does it. I understand why Indy does it. I understand why Louisville does it. Yeah. I understand why Cincinnati gives out tickets like they're candy. Absolutely. You know? Because you want attendance. You want high numbers. And then when you get those high numbers, you want to tell a lot of people about it. Right. Yeah. So that those numbers become even higher. I have zero problem with that. I have a, a large problem with the clear visibility being nowhere near the number you report. And yet right. that is the number you choose to report. And I will always just have Just sticking with that. Yeah. Yep. I, I'll take that, and I will say one other side of this is that I have a problem with the false equivalency between importance and attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no problem, the same as you, with being proud of Louisville's attendance, being proud of Cincinnati's attendance. I say a rising tide raises all boats, and right. if, if they bring more fans to the USL, then great. If 20 people who go to FCC games stay a fan of the USL when they inevitably make it to the MLS then that's 20 fans we wouldn't have had otherwise. Great. Great. But I will also say that when you start thinking of the goal as being attendance, instead of the goal as having the better team, of improvement, of trying to uh, build a sustainable club mm-hmm. and not just the finances that are attached to it, right? that's where I have a problem. Yeah. And I have fallen into feeding the Twitter trolls over this very argument, and it's a mistake every time. Because I'm not very good at it. It turns out that my strength is more than 140 words at a time, or 280 words at a time. But it's, uh, whew, that's what bothers me, is when you start trying to equate attendance with relevance. Yeah. Because, yes, if you're talking about the goal of having a soccer team to be progress to a higher league and to have as many tickets sold as possible, then you are doing very well. And Indy's doing very well. I guarantee the tickets that were given to me were paid for by somebody. Yeah. They weren't just handed out. Nice. Yeah. People so, are stealing them. That's possible too. Somebody got somebody got the key to the office where they <laughs> keep it to like, just grab, just go. Now it was uh, a heist. Yeah. I what feel a terrible heist. Like, why did you? <laughs> of all things, what a waste of a heist. <laughs> no, but but on that quickly, Royal Monarchs play in front of fifteen hundred fans every week. They did, baby. Yeah, we will see them in the USL Cup final. Yeah, they're a great team. That's a that's a really solid mm-hmm. team. Great is the wrong adjective there. I I, I oversold that. They're a, uh, they're the best Western Conference team. Mm-hmm. Um. I, wa- I watched like one. We- yeah, I watched like one Western Conference game a month, so that's based on nothing. Right. Um, I'll say that most of what we just talked about attendance-wise there is what we're going to call banter. We moved our banter forward. Oh man! Okay, I didn't even get a chance to, to compliment our preview or review. Hey, what I usually say you do. No, it's because I usually now, do a segue. I usually try to be you all did. professional and segue it for you. But you sandbagged me. I did. Well, it's because it's I like felt the like only thing I do on the show. That was good banter. It was solid banter. It was good. There you go. It was good banter. See, you wanted to do no, that. No, get out of here. All right, but uh, we'll do uh, we'll do a brief purple stuff, and then we'll get some uh, some quality time with Scott. What's your purple stuff? All right, my purple stuff A is I wanted to talk about uh, community outreach. Mm-hmm. I was really pleased. To see uh, some Twitter and Facebook posts, and then Scott confirmed that they were not doctored, that uh, the players were out in the 
the players were out in public today doing some good. Scott, you want to fill us in on what they were up to today? Yeah, the guys were uh, they were first out with Second Chances Wildlife, which is a oh. rehabilitation center. I saw them. Uh, I saw them with animals. Yeah, like Brian, animals. Brian Ownby loves raccoons. Something I discovered today. That is uh, going to be a useful TIFO at some point. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Let me not even speculate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so that was a great appearance. And then we were at the uh, Americana Community Center this afternoon, or rather this evening, uh, putting on sort of a, a clinic with a, a few guys, just emphasizing the importance of, uh, of growing the game at a young age. Yeah, that's great. Both yeah. very important and very valuable. And uh, I think you will always find that I will be amongst the first to say, let's go out wherever we can. Yeah. And and uh, we were saying that we also remembered seeing them uh, get out there for the mayor's initiative earlier this year and uh, seeing the guys active out in the community. I think they were doing some painting that day. We all did some painting. A lot today. of painting that day. Yeah, but nobody cares about the front office painting, Scott. I lost a pair of trousers that day that no one's reimbursing whoa, whoa. me for. I uh, like family uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of paint on those trousers. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been pleased to see the guys uh, getting out into the public. I have no doubt that uh, they're having met many of them and uh, been impressed by all of them. I'll say that it's not shocking at all to know they'd be doing community engagement yeah. and stuff. But it's nice to be able to have some visibility for it. And so that's a little kudos Scott's way for uh, making sure that people get to see when the guys do a great job. Good job, Scott. Because uh, the guys deserve to be praised for when they do it. And uh, it's important that the media gets to catch on to to win there out in public doing the nice stuff they do. I think there's been some stuff with uh, some of the local hospitals also this year I, I remember seeing, and that's 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 always good, and that's good purple stuff. That's that's hearty, healthy that is, purple stuff. That was non-alcoholic. No, yeah. It was, it, that was like a kale smoothie of purple yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's an Tastier avocado than you shake. expected and important. An avocado shake yeah. of purple I'm stuff. I'm not drinking avocado. It's weird that you don't like avocado. Avocado is gross, dude. You need it to get over it. It is not gross. You need to move on. Scott, do you like avocado? I do. I will See, go on record. this is why we're better than you. Well, that's undeniable. <laughs> like, I mean, that's completely outside the pale of uh, possibility. Uh, second piece of purple stuff is, uh, yeah, we're moving on from that. <laughs> if I've got to talk about people being better than me, I'm moving on. Uh, second piece of purple stuff, Molly Malone's on Sunday before the game against Nashville. Um, in the morning, Liverpool plays their final match of the Premier League season. And as uh, loyal listeners and friends of Scouse's house will know, our noble leader Scouse is a uh, rabid, die-hard, dyed-in-the-wool, unbelievable, frightening yeah. Liverpool fan. As is our guest today, I would add... And uh, if you have been uh, going to watch Liverpool games all season out at Molly Malone's, they open up early, they serve delicious breakfast, and people enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, please get out there to Molly Malone's on uh, Sunday morning for the final Liverpool match of the season. They're going to do a, uh, I don't know how, complimentary breakfast, so I'm not going to announce that, but I know that they're doing a breakfast <laughs> for Liverpool fans and their, support, rib. <laughs> and their support of the team this year. Uh, and I know that some of the scouts has people who are going to the Nashville game are going to meet up there uh, post-game before we uh, head to Nashville for the game. I personally am going. Andy, are you going to make the trek? It's a Sunday evening is what makes it tough. Yeah, tough when travel day. Sunday at 6. Eastern. In Nashville. 5 Nashville. Oh. Yeah, 5 Nashville time. 5 Nashville. You're welcome to ride along. You think about it. I'll think about it. All right. Um, 
Really, that's all the uh, the purple stuff I've got today. It that was, was good. Yeah, one of purple them was helpful. Stuff. One of them was useful. It is yeah. what it is. I will throw one more little bit of purple stuff your way. The toothpick of purple stuff. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw one more tiny little last driblet of purple okay. stuff, uh, which is Scott's graciously on our podcast today. But Scott also hosts a soccer podcast with his brother. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to let him throw one small plug at it for uh, the the link, the Twitter feed, and all that jazz because I've listened to it. It's worthwhile. If you are interested in Liverpool, if you are interested in the rest of international soccer, I know they just talked about uh, Italian soccer. I've got uh, the World Cup's coming up. I imagine that they'll do some good stuff coming up for that. So, Scott, please, last bit of purple stuff. Where can they find the Parker Brothers? Yeah, really just go to my Twitter feed. You should just follow me on Twitter, period. But, uh, but yeah, I'm Scott Stewart or, I, or Parker Stewart 3. Those are our two Twitter handles. Either one of us, we both plug the the podcast a lot, but I mean it's a it's a lot of fun. What started as me just calling three times a week to check up on them quickly <laughs> quickly turned into us uh, discussing soccer like we do literally any other second of uh, of our breathing days. Outstanding! Yeah. Please give it a listen. It's completely uh, worthwhile, and you uh, may catch a, a, a not unprofessional but a different side of the professional nature of scott stewart that was a good scott plug Parker, i'm sorry very optimistic side of scott which is it is not rare necessarily but just more uncovered what's it called the stateside soccer podcast which is great oh, that i hesitated name. it's fine that is a good name it is a good yeah. name the Ours is maybe, we, maybe we should steal it Maybe we should just start we calling just, just, <laughs> And then maybe if we just post that we're doing the Stateside Soccer Podcast, then we'll accidentally co-opt some of their listeners. Yeah. There would be at least two Stateside Soccer Podcasts on iTunes. So There you go. We, we would make it. And and we are, I'm not at all certain that we are on iTunes. No? No, I'm not, I have no idea. You're well, not that's not how I've listened, so. Uh, yeah, so, we, we, I... We go to scoutshouse.com. So, or, yeah, yeah, well, I prefer. I just favorite your tweets and then we make it. Well, so that's fair. sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, interview time. Yes, it's time. We've gotten a lot of Scott tonight, which I'm really pleased about because yeah. some of our guests, I won't say reticent, but uh, I have a tendency to hog the mic. What? I know. And so I'm glad that uh, a professional speaker and communicator is willing to uh, get in there and uh, mix it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So uh, uh, they already know who you are and what you do. Let me just ask, where did the interest in soccer start? Where did that begin for you? Yeah, crazy. Um, I played it as a kid, hated it, hated it, hated it until I was about 16. Watched Steven Gerrard play a lot of a lot of soccer. Decided soccer was not the worst. A um, lot of misconceptions about flopping, feigning, fearing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Chicks love um, soccer players. Chicks love soccer players. Massive help. Um, I was not a soccer player, but that's okay. I evolved into but you, saying. But if you, you can, you can pretend right, to be right. one enough to, yeah, right. right. Yeah. If you can explain to them what's happening while they're watching the soccer players that they do like, right? They immediately that's what women, equate you well, with. Yeah. No, yeah. I found that's what women love is having things patronizingly explained to them. <laughs> well, I believe the term mansplaining has yeah. come oh, out. Oh my god! That's, that's how no. I got my wife. I, I do occasionally oh. get lucky enough for. People would be like, oh, you work for Louisville City FC. What position do you play? And then I'm like, defender. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You See are. you on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah. You can I wear a lot of different numbers. Sure. Love them all. But uh, no, soccer's, soccer's been a passion of mine for probably the last decade or so. And uh, it was very clear to me once I left high school that this was the sport I wanted to uh, pursue a career in. And then luckily enough, after four years at 
uh, quality Indiana University. I ended up with Indy 11 and then down with Louisville City. One second before Andy asks you about your time with Indy 11, as a fellow Hoosier fan, mm. Romeo, man. Romeo. How exciting oh, is it that Romeo God. Langford is coming? I almost drove to New Albany that I night. I considered just it. Just because. I considered it. I knew. If you all want time, yeah. I can leave the room. I, mean, <laughs> I don't need any time. My, okay. All things that were going to happen have already happened. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Romeo Langford yeah. is exciting for Hoosiers fans. Although, I, significant missed opportunity for Romeo to star in Romeo and Juliet. And when Juliet says... Romeo, Romeo, where far out there? Romeo, he says Bloomington, and nice. then bam, streamers fly out, banner drops, number six, it's there. He could have been dressed in Shakespearean garb. Uh, See, he needed a professional media consultant to be there to explain to him how yeah. to make this announcement. Romeo, if you're listening, I can also double as a future agent. <laughs> not that that's an accepted thing in Whoa. college, but Whew, not yet. Line. Not until you've left. Right, yeah. down the line. Yes. I heard one and done's almost done. Uh huh. So. I'm, uh, I'm I'm super excited. All right, so you worked for Indy 11. Andy had a, uh, a question about your yeah. time there. Yeah, you did work for Indy 11. And so I guess my... <laughs> <laughs> He's already angry. <laughs> I guess my, my real question, and I bounced a few around in my head, like, oh, what's the difference? I'm not in a mess, stuff like that. My real question, because I, I just feel like cutting to the core, uh, how do we know you're not a plant? <laughs> <laughs> Are How do we know you're not a mole? I've seen Departed enough times. <laughs> mm, great movie. And it is an amazing movie. He's trying to movie. distract you with his fancy uh, media skills. Don't do no, that. I think one of the most heartbreaking parts of Saturday was receiving the Derby City Ultras tweet that said, uh, if we lose today, we blame you. Hashtag false flag. Ooh. That's mean. That, that is really rough. hurt. That yeah. really hurt. I, I mean, I am... Uh, Listen, I loved my time in Indianapolis. Thought it was fantastic. But from the second that I decided that this was my future, there were no ties to Red Blue Indianapolis in general anymore. So, so it was a pretty easy decision when then when it came up. Was it like how much of you? I don't want to say it was easy, but like how much of you was like, oh man, but oh. I'm here for. No, Indianapolis is my home, but I'm also young enough to realize that. I can return right. to Indianapolis, not to Indy 11. Can have I a lot of very clear, but yeah. yes, exactly. So when this opportunity came up, I made it very much a point to say, listen, great run. I knew that I had to leave that organization for reasons that I will not get into for, sure. again, a number of different reasons. But, you're a nice guy. Well, thank you. That's very appreciative. <laughs> and because um, the NASL was folding. No, I'm just well, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I love my time there, but I could not be more committed to and ask my, my friends in Indianapolis how I felt about leaving Lucas Oil Stadium that day. I I'm could sure. not be more committed to uh, seeing us batter every single human being that does not wear purple. Or white and gold. It had to have been at yeah. least a little bit helpful to have so little uh, uh, turnover, I mean, so little remnants of the yeah. team that you had been a part of. Still be there. It wasn't yeah, it like was you were great. seeing 15 faces that you'd gone to war with and uh, been interviewing right. and helping move around yeah. and planning events for. A lot of new faces, guys, that didn't necessarily associate you with the team. To them, you've always just been LCFC. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm still close with the Indy 11 staff, so sure. obviously said hello, told them all how badly I wanted to beat them that day, yeah. went about, did our business, said hi to the three Indy 11 players that were, were on turnover and still friends with a, a couple of them, but friendship is all for pregame and postgame. Absolutely. You know, exactly. So city till a, I die. A good run. City till I die. There we're you there. go. We're there. <clears throat> so yeah, good, good stuff, but man, uh, 5-0 would have felt very good. 
I, Saturday. I, I'm going to go with the most personal and uh, frustrated question that I've ever asked. Every question Andy asks is personal and frustrated. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I'm, I'm going to go with the most personal. I, I come at this with passion. Full, full disclosure to the world out there in lar- at large. False flag, though. At that, that, was, that was mean. Like, that was tough. Man. And I mean, I get it, DCU, so I understand where this comes from, but boy. It's tough. Hail Hydra, huh? When I fly a flag, my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's tough. We're moving on. What's your question? Full disclosure. I applied for the job that Scott has now. I put more effort into that application than I've ever put into anything in my life. I, I mean, still have it. Anything. That's, that's, that, frankly, that doesn't make me feel better. Oh. But no, I was, <laughs> uh, the, thing, the thing about, no, the, I, I was just shocked. I was shocked and dismayed that they couldn't see that a career inventory manager and supply chain coordinator would be the perfect fit for that role. I, I don't see how they didn't make that connection. And so I met you for the first time at um, some whiskey bar at uh, Merle's. And I really wanted to dislike you. And so I want to know, how is it that you usurped my position and got that job? What happened that you convinced anybody that I wasn't the right... I'm assuming they brought me up in your interview. Like, well, we got this other application. We talked about it for a solid hour and a half, I'd say, so, yeah. No, I, it's... I hope it was an hour of them pouring over your application and be like, what is this? Who is this guy? Um... So this is the most personally bitter you'll ever hear me, that they wouldn't, as a 35-year-old man, allow me to make a career change. It was actually the best signal to me that LCFC took themselves seriously as a professional <laughs> as a professional club. Yeah. Because if they had offered me that job, I would have accepted immediately and also known that we weren't really going anywhere. <laughs> like, like, if they were cool, cool it's just like, that guy made a funny application. You think we should... Let's hire. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like a pamphlet that you I wrote? wrote like a pamphlet and like a paper. I as did. Well. I wrote a whole story. I, I wrote uh, the resume. I wrote a couple of sample stories uh, for the website. I wrote a couple of. Uh, God, did you? I put together it to like a, a carrier hawk. I put it in. I put it, it in a very like, fancy purple <laughs> folder. And then I made a video of myself. What? Here's my question. What color? In the was nude. Well. That's, that's why he kept that's it. That's your prog right there, bro. That's why he kept it. No, I'm sorry. What camera program? Purple. What color purple was it? It was it was as close as I could find at Staples. And clearly, it wasn't close. It wasn't the official Blue City. The purple. official RGB. No. Which sits at 82-30-120 for those of you brand guidelines. See, what you don't know, and the, re- the real reason is because Scott showed up, painted, no, the like, full. nothing on, painted, in, like, the exact purple. Didn't so. even really say anything. No, like, he just walked up and was like, hey, he I'm here even, for there. Like, you're hired. He wasn't even there for the interview. He was just walking around town like that, as he does. <laughs> no. As I do frequently. Yeah. Um, you said earlier that you knew that this is what you wanted to do from from early. Uh, what, what, what did the process entail for you? How did you, uh, as a person who's never chased a dream, I want to know, when you decide what you want to do with your life... What did you? Uh, 
what steps did you go, this is what I've got to accomplish before I can get where I want to go? Yeah, no, I, I will very much, first and foremost, say I feel more blessed and lucky and grateful and all those cliche mm-hmm. words that you can throw around that I am very seriously meaningful about. Uh, I am very fortunate to be here. I actually went to IU to pursue a broadcasting degree. Nice. My broadcast or my my degree is in sport communications with a broadcast emphasis. Okay. So I worked for Big Ten Network. I worked for IU Athletics. I did a lot of different stuff. I, I worked with Adidas for a short time. Um, thought that my future was in in play by play calling, especially mm-hmm. soccer. I wanted to be the next Arlo White. Nice. Um, yeah, which was and still is kind of Arlo, if you're listening, the dream. <laughs> um, Arlo, if you're ever going to retire and you want to mentor somebody for your last three years. Or you just want to chat, like, <laughs> casually. I'm also very open to that. DM's open to really just you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I left IU. I took an internship with Indy 11. Uh, again, was very lucky to have that turn into a, a full-time social media position. Mm-hmm. Uh, two months in, so started in January, was full-time by uh, by the, the first game of the season, which was April 2, 2016, in Tampa. Um, that then evolved. Uh, my supervisor left, so then I took over um, his role as, as the, the PR guy and then kind of just embraced it. And I think the, the soccer knowledge helped immensely and sure. also just a willingness to kind of put myself out there and understand that, listen, I'm not going to be perfect and I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but if you're okay with that, then let's, let's ride. <laughs> right. So well, we did. I've avoided very stringently and will continue to avoid talking about the previous administration versus the current administration and what the front office looks like over there. I've got my opinions, but they're not important to anybody other than me. And so I'll say though, that, uh, I had a hunch that uh, I liked the direction that you and the department were going the minute I saw the uh, the Fight Club uh, post about Sean Francis. That was when I thought, all right, this guy's going to do okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got the second best candidate. So maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know what other kind of candidates they had, frankly. So, but no, uh, that was when I thought I was just in purple walking on the street. So I don't. Really but the thing is, if you had gotten that, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Or. That would have been the only thing I did in that position. My entire agenda was to form a podcast with you and let the rest of it just sort of fall where it may. God, what is, is everything okay at home? I'm really not very good at this. <laughs> and by this, I mean life. Um, uh, now, uh, we, I've got to do this because it is, it is what it is, and I don't have any choice. I, I signed away a contract about this. Andy? Andy has a question yeah, yeah, for you, yeah, Scott, yeah. and I apologize, but I do like this one better. So I'm it's, curious. It where you're is go. better. It has less animal violence in it. It's way more difficult to come up with an appropriate but, answer. But that's that's. I want to cut to the core of people. Ask the tough. I'm like Connie Chung. Ask the tough questions. We're gonna have some poor schmuck who's not a professional on the show, and they are gonna draw a blank, and then we're gonna have to save them. And we're not professional. Somebody's gonna say Jumanji. That would be mm. awesome. Somebody's he, he just stole Scott's. There was. He's now like, damn it. <laughs> okay, right. here's a question. Okay. If you had to pick a movie of the last two decades that you thought was a perfect metaphor for our championship season, Woo. what would it be? Let's preface this by saying I am, <laughs> I am two and a half decades old. 
So, so uh, from the time you were five on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. really every movie that you remember. Right. Yeah. Right. Which Peter and the Wolf does not qualify. <laughs> it might. If you can make an argument for it. No, I think, uh, I mean, this, call it what you want. I don't care. I think my answer is Moneyball. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. See, that Ooh. is a direction right. I didn't take it. And I like that. Give me your rationale. So my rationale is James O'Connor is not Billy Bean, but did a fantastic job of finding guys who served very particular purposes, mm-hmm. were on a very particular salary, mm-hmm. and had a particular chemistry that would fit in as a whole. And they went out and they won a lot of games, and then they rightfully were crowned champions after uh, November 13. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you one reason why I think that's brilliant and one reason why I think that's stupid. God, you're still just bitter that he got the Shut up! <laughs> I would have been really good at not having pants on in my office. Um, no, I think I agree completely that uh, Coach O'Connor and, frankly, I don't know how these things work, but I would imagine that the rest of the technical staff... Daniel Bird. Yeah. Daniel Bird, Tabani Sutu. Right. That the rest of the technical staff, uh, they did an amazing job of constructing a roster that no other team in the league would have constructed and uh, putting it together and then forming the best team in the league over the last three years. I mean, we've got one title, but they were it's the best yeah. team in the league over the last three years. That's a great Moneyball equivalency. I like that a lot. The A's never won anything. Well, okay. And the that's, A's that's a, never that's won anything. They won a lot of games in a row once. True. And, and, it, and that is fair. I think I'll hark back all the way to 2015. I think the Rochester Rhinos would have something to, to say about not being the best team in the league in 2015. But. Yeah, um, that's fair. But I also agree that it's a little bit of a cop-out to just go the whole, oh, well, cheap players good well no not cheap players no value players yeah. who very much fit the system very much fit the role and then a championship came about whereas well the a's were uh, not as fortunate right well and it's it's a little different story in our league versus their league uh that in our league these guys can choose not to play like if you're a baseball player and you happen to get a contract you're gonna play because even the league minimum you're gonna go and do it most of these guys have other types of careers that they can pursue if they so yeah. choose. And uh, so it's not like we were playing on a mini crazy budget. Otherwise, these guys wouldn't be out here playing for us. It's a legit roster we've put together with legit soccer players making legit professional salaries. And yeah. I'm proud of them. But I think that it is a roster that no other team would have put together. And that's saying something. But how awesome is it to even think of, like, Tabani, Daniel, and James just sitting in a room, huddling around whatever sabermetrics soccer oh, would yeah. produce and being like, oh my gosh, like this, this guy, is, like whatever the war equivalent is yeah. to like forwards. Is XGR. I want to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We start going into XGs and you look at Luke Spencer and it's like, here's his output, which great radio, by the way. I'm glad you can all see me. Here's his output. <laughs> here's where Luke really is. And then here's where Luke's actually going to be. And I'm pointing towards the sky. Absolutely. So... Uh, yeah, it, it's truly impressive. Well, and if I'm one of the players, I love the notion of those guys sitting in a room and saying, these are the guys I want. Because, especially now when there's validation, 
you could say that those guys sitting in a room and talking and pouring over whatever it was they decided, whether it's game film statistics, whether it's advanced analytics, whether it's, you know, just, oh, man, uh, I know a guy who knows a guy who said this guy's incredible and we've got to go and watch him. It's got to be such a sense of value for them to know that uh, these coaches who don't take this lightly, who didn't just say, hey, who's the most expensive guy we can afford that's available right now? They went out, I didn't say that. You did. Andy. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> was, uh, that uh, it has to feel nice for these guys to say, you know, whatever club they were playing with before, if they've played with a club before, that these coaches want me, had to mean more than just, well, these guys make a lot of money and they've played pretty well in the past, so we'll go and sign them. I mean, two club trialists led the team in minutes last year. And Jimenez Smith. and Smith. So, I mean, it's speaks for yeah, itself. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, Moneyball. Sorry to everyone like who it. will ever be asked this question in the future. You lost. I understand. <laughs> I don't You're know. probably also bitter. That's fine. My response of Snow Dogs 2 still feels Snow like it was Dogs probably the right. That's a whole, that's a separate show. We should just have a show. That's nothing but an explanation of why Snow Dogs. I think we could have a uh, weekly Snow Dogs Two blog. I mean, a weekly Snow Dogs Two podcast. Just do that for a year. Every week we do an hour on Snow Dogs Two. Different. There's so much to mine there. Is there? I don't know. We can look into it. Was Cuba still in that one? I don't know. You asked me that last week. I still don't know. Tune in next week for Snow Dogs 2. I'm going to watch it. I'll break down the game film. There it is. We've kept Scott entirely too late on a work night. I have to be up at a crazy early hour in the morning. This has been a lot of fun. This has been awesome. I'm really uh, thankful for Scott for coming on the program. I'm also thankful that we managed to uh, duct tape Scott to the chair long enough that he promised that if we let him out, he would let us have Sean Tosh next week. So yeah. please uh, tune in next week for. I appreciate that he didn't struggle enough to hear. You know what I mean? I mean, some of this stuff, like the handcuffs and the chains, like thank you for being so still. Thank, thank you for having me. I think it's it's been a good experience for me, both mentally and physically. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we aim to please in all manners. Yeah. So I'm thrilled that you came on. I'm uh, also thrilled always to have my partner Andy Frederick here with us. You're welcome. Andy, you had a great show. Uh, I think you, you should, had a great show. I think you should go and look over look over those coins and see what you've got. No, I just I gave them to. I promised people that I was going to keep this podcast under an hour and fifteen, nope. and I'm just I'm just not good. I'm not a man of my word. So if you hear me promise something, you know I didn't mean it. All right, everybody, thanks very much for listening, and as always, go, go see. see.